Hello and welcome to episode number 171 of the Nerd Crow Crow podcast. This is a threefer. It is our Ready Player One solo and Deadpool 2 review with Eve and Rich. Uh, no real plugs for this episode, so as far as I can think of, except for the regular ones, which are if you like this episode, click, please click subscribe in iTunes. I know I keep saying it's going to be available on other platforms. It will be soon. I'm working on that. That should be happening soon. Some guests are also coming soon. And as always, uh, follow us on social media at NerdProQuo on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, also on YouTube, even though nothing has gone up on YouTube for a very long time. But at NerdProQuo on Twitter, we are live tweeting a bunch of TV shows and just random nerd thoughts and uh, also where this uh, podcast is often posted. So let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, leave a review in iTunes or click subscribe. In the meantime, episode 171 of the Nerd Crow Podcast. Yep. Hey, hey. We're back again. We stopped. Yep. All right. Just for the sake of, uh, so we're going to be doing uh, sort of rapid fire, uh, Deadpool 2, Ready Player One, and Solo. Let's go in chronological order, I think. Yeah. And I do agree. Ready Player One first. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, so, okay. I guess I'll start. Yeah, I think you should start because yeah. I yeah, think you have, your baby. Y- yeah. you have more opinions on this than I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been having read the book. Uh, I thought it was it, it was a, a fun summer film. It was definitely a Spielberg film um, in many ways. Uh, uh, not his not his best achievement, cinematic achievement as a as a director, I would say, but certainly uh, a fun summer blockbuster. That said, uh, it took a lot of deviations from the book. Some I. I get, I understand, I understood why uh, the writers, uh, well, it's, the screenplay is written by Ernest Klein also, um, but I could understand why they made those deviations when they did, um, particularly the first act with the big race. Um, it made perfect sense, and I, I thought it was, it, was, it was smart on their end to, to include something like that, whereas the first challenge in the book was really about um, beating a game of <clears throat> the, uh, the Atari game Joust, which worked on page, but yeah. not exactly on film. It's not exactly uh, cinema- cinematic. Nah, nah. So the way that all was good, the there are things that could have could have I don't know could have been worked around better, uh, like the, the all of the the um, what do you call it? Just. Uh, the the explanation description uh, throughout the the first few minutes of the movie and just to set up uh, there could have been another way around that I'm sure you could have just jumped right in and introduced things as you go I guess but um, you had that and then um, the second act also the the whole scene in from um, uh, uh, Stephen King, the The Shining, The Shining. Oh the whole, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole scene with the shine that was also not in the book. Uh, so, uh, but that that was interesting. Uh, it 
I don't know. I mean, I thought it was it was very unique. It was kind of it was very neat. Uh, and then, but the the whole the whole scene with in the in the disco, which was a climactic scene, uh, was exactly as it was in the book, and is exactly as I remembered it. Uh, some of the characters, you know, made were were, were translated well from the book. Uh, Artemis, uh, particularly, and H also H was was great. Um, and, um, and there are, there are things that happened here and there that weren't. You know, like a big reveal with uh, who was who was what in the movie that was saved all all the way to the end of the book. Whereas this was you're halfway in the movie and you kind of you you kind of get all right. Artemis is this character and H is this person, um, and they're all oddly enough they're they're all in Cleveland uh, area. Where in the book it was nothing like that at all. Like it, the big reveal at the end where. Um, uh, Parzival goes to seek out uh, who Artemis is in real life. She's actually living out in California, while uh, Shoto uh, and his brother are out in Japan. Um, so, you know. Um, so I guess for the for the purposes of the movie, they had to make those changes. I guess. Um, and then the. But overall, it was it was a fun movie. Um, it was it. it it was a, a good interpretation of the book, and um, uh, I was pretty satisfied with it. It's not. It was. It was. It was like I, I saw it twice, and the second time around, I was like, "All right, it's it's not bad. It's it's not excellent." But and I, if if I were to choose both uh, one or the other, I'd stick with the book, even though a lot of people critique the book in terms of it's just the way it's written and its style. It's not everybody's cup of tea. But I would stick with the book. Um, as a person who didn't read the book, um, I felt the film was kind of like... Uh, it, it reminded me of my reaction to the first Transformers film. You know, okay. first time I'm seeing a giant robot, you know, represented on the big screen. For me, it was like the first time seeing different pop culture elements that I grew up with in a big screen and mashed into this overall narrative. Is it a great movie by itself? No. I, will I watch it again? No. But for a first movie, first uh, watch through, I was satisfied with it because I got to see things I didn't get, I, I wasn't expecting. Chucky making yeah. an appearance, a Chucky bomb, yeah, yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. Seeing all battle toads. My girlfriend had a field day watching this. You know, it's like, it just... Just watching me experience this movie, seeing you know Battletoads, seeing uh, what was it, um, Deadpool and some other characters, right? And the biggest one, the biggest reference was the glaive from Crawl. It's like I haven't. <laughs> it's like people remember that movie. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Remember yeah. It. I thought I was the only one who loved yeah. it. It's like yeah, I loved it. And just seeing you know nerdy stuff like uh, uh, Gundam. You yeah. know, fighting yeah. Mecha Godzilla, just like a ch the child in me loves it. Yeah. The adult in me felt that this movie is not the best, but just seeing all of these um, pop culture IPs that I grew and currently still love uh, mashed together in this story, yeah. 
I enjoyed it. Not yeah. the best for multiple watch-throughs, but for watching it once, I think you'll get I a good agree. kick out of it, it if you don't know anything about this movie or the book yeah. at all. It's a mega mashup movie, and if for anybody who grew up in the 80s, this movie is designed for that audience. Uh, it's uh, a lot of the references. I mean, some are just like you mentioned; they're just super obscure. Where, you know, I, a lot of stuff I'd, I'd forgotten about, and suddenly I'm seeing it on, on screen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's really that's really obscure. So, uh, another thing I'll critique about it is that with all of the music references that the book made, like you as you as you're turning the page, you've got this almost a soundtrack going on in your head of the, way, of the 80s because it literally mentions everything is referenced on the page including you know hits like aha and and toto and uh guns and roses and you go on and on and on so as you're f from from the standpoint of reading it you've got this soundtrack going on in your head and particularly in the scene where the, there's it's the whole disco scene this disco scene and 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 the IOI people and then c coming in and you've got that soundtrack happening i just wish that the movie portrayed that more uh, there's there's instances where you know you have some 80s hits play here and there but it wasn't as prominent uh, i just wish that you know and it's similar to movies like Atomic Blonde, where the soundtrack was a protagonist in the yeah, movie. Or yeah. Guardians. Or Guardians, exactly. I wish that this movie had that effect, and it didn't. So That was lost. That, that was kind of lost, and that was a missed opportunity. Uh, I wish it had more of that. Um, but yeah, this one is one of those things. But um, Spielberg's not really known for, for, for strong, I don't know. I don't know if they if he's really known for that for like having strong I, soundtracks. For, for me, the the actors were. I was gonna say were, that. Yeah, were not the strongest. The guy who plays the the creator of the o Oasis. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I I didn't think he was that compelling or sympathetic right. of a character. Um, the only one I liked and enjoyed was uh, Simon Pegg. You yeah, know, and he had only a you know small you know moments in the film, uh, but yeah, I I wasn't too sold on the acting. That's kind of I I didn't feel like oh these are kids going you know doing these hijinks trying mm -hmm. to save their friends or trying to save this thing that they love. Yeah, I I, f I felt that Spielberg tried to recapture those Goonies moments of these kids. I, you know, going it's funny through. that you say that. That's exactly the movie that I. So my big thing with this movie is there's what I wanted it to be and what it actually ended up being is like all the sort of like nerd touchstone and I didn't I haven't read the book yet either but like all the sort of nerd touchstone things were all there but it seemed that so much of that was and especially kind of disappointing because it's Spielberg is that like some of the a lot of those touchstones were there for like my nerd heart that were kind of excited and I think I would watch this movie again but only from that perspective just see how many things I can spot but I wanted it to be sort of Goonies for the modern age 
is really kind of what I felt I wanted. Emotionally, that's what I wanted it to be. Yeah. And it just isn't. It's like the the emotion just isn't there for a good for all, most of the movie and a good chunk of that is the casting. Uh and and it's just it's it seems like there's a there's a bunch of stuff that I wanted. Like when you say it's like they're saving something. It's just like, well, the characters in Goonies are saving something too and also the feeling that like they're s- sort of supposed to be kids and you don't really get that's not really there either. Yeah. Uh it's <clears throat> just like none of I mean I I understand that that's sort of because of so much of it takes place in a digital world. But considering how far all of that has come, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of spectacle and not enough emotion behind the, expe- the spectacle. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with that, particularly in the scene where um, Sorrento finds out who Wade Watts is and goes after his family. Right. And you have a whole scene where his family is wiped out, yeah. basically. Well, ostensibly, and his mom is wiped out, which is like the thing. Yeah, that you his think. mom is wiped out. And, and you go from that to jumping right back into the whole, the whole quest, the whole adventure. No, and no. He, after that, he's like, he finds Artemis, and he's like spitting by her, and he's like yeah. trying to like spit game at her. It and just, I'm like... Dude, you just lost. You yeah. know, I don't. I know you don't give a shit about your aunt's boyfriend, but that's your aunt. That's your family. Yeah. You know, acknowledge that you just lost. Somebody. So, so that to me, particularly coming, I'm like, this is a Spielberg film. Uh, it seemed out of place. It just seemed. I don't know. I, I have a question. That's I, I. As a person who read the book, I really. The one thing, especially of all the criticism of the book, that I've been really wary of reading the book is. I feel like, and uh, it's my biggest criticism, this is a weird comparison, of, of the Lord of the Rings books, is there's a lot of world built there. Uh, and the world carries the story, even though you have characters. The characters don't carry the story. And I, I, the one thing that I was wary about that kind of the movie I feel did is the spectacle and the the nostalgia and the world is expected to carry the story and because of uh, at least that's the way it appears and because of that what ends up being left behind is that the characters don't carry the story and the uh, there isn't enough emotion because yeah. what's carrying the story isn't emotionally grounded in anything yeah except for the audience and how the audience feels and i I, as someone who read the book i'm curious as to what you think whether the book did that effectively yeah uh it did for all the criticism that the book gets in terms of its of the 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 prose style that it 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 falls into pit it has pitfalls here and there where it it describes it gets it can get a little descriptive here and there about really setting the scene. Yeah. That said, the character development in the book is much much better than what happened okay. in the film. Okay. Okay. And so you you really you grow fond of each of the characters. You you envision each each of the characters 
and uh, they 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 truly carry the story. Um, it is not different from Lord of the Rings and other in similar storylines where it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't spend too much time in world building as much as right. scene building right it right right it doesn't care about the you know just the the intricacies of of the oasis itself but it does care about a particular scene within the oasis itself like that t- the, the moment in the book where um wade call up uh needs a ride and 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 uh summons up the DeLorean. It right. goes into into crazy detail about the DeLorean and right. about everything and the and every, uh, every last detail and a lot of people reading it are just blasting it because I'm like you're they're just it wastes so much time in, in those little things. But because Ernest Klein really wants you to envision the scene yeah. the way he's envisioning it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't... I've read other books where it, it, the description in terms of world building is out of control. I also uh, heard that Armada is terrible. Yes, I read Armada. Yeah. I don't recommend it to anyone. Okay. <laughs> don't read it's Armada. Fair. It's not... It, I read it thinking it's going to be something similar to Ready Player One. It's not. Um, it, it, it's not, it's not a, it's not good. I can't recommend it. I know that he's in the process of writing a sequel to Ready Player One. Of course he um, is. Which, um, it's a search for more money, I guess, and probably will be made into another film. Yes, Spaceballs 2. <laughs> search for more money. Uh, but yeah, don't read Armada. It's, that was, that was, it was, I, I, it, it, in, the idea made was interesting. The execution, not at all. Yeah, not good. It's weird. Like Ready Player One, as far as like we we sew and I sew it in, kind of like oh, this is going to be a whole episode that we're going to be discussing this movie. And what the ultimate depo- disappointment of Ready Player One is that it isn't. Yeah, is like you feel like there's going to be so much more that you mm-hmm. going in. You're like you feel like there's going to be so much more there. Yeah, and then you get out of there and you're just like, no, there wasn't. There's not a lot. I was like, oh, "That's all right." Yeah. Okay. I it's guess we're done. Problem, like like. Said, and it's like you said, it's a part of it. The problem, I think, is casting. Like the the the, the guy that plays Wade, uh, Ty Sheridan, uh, it wasn't convincing to me. He was just okay. He was okay. He was, but he. I think another actor could have taken the character further. Um, there's uh, also, like I said, there's a lot that has to be carried in, like the virtual world. Yeah. And as much as they touted, like, you know, how amazing that was. And it was, it was pretty. Yeah. But there was nothing in there that, like, I don't know. Like, I think part of that uh, that really clouded is, is that I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, before we went to see Ready Player One, I had, like, just watched War for the Planet of the Apes. And I was just like... Okay, that they're they're creating characters that are supposed to be existing in the real world, but if they're that good at creating CG characters, it's like I understand that the Oasis is like a computer world, but it's like even then, it's just like I don't. I mean, look at like Pixar or the Disney f- movies that are completely CG, like Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, it's just like they're way like 
something of the, just like the emotion just didn't come across like at all. Yeah. So. Even in scenes where it was supposed to, like where where Artemis is telling, like he's telling her that he loves yeah. her, and he's like, "You don't know me. You don't. You don't know anything about me." Yeah. And as, as like the, the parts that are supposed to be affecting mm. just didn't work. These characters are hollow. Yeah. They are just ways of you know projecting to the audience that hey these are this is uh, this remember this car from back to the future that's where it is Mm -hmm. or take a look at her motorcycle that's from akira i mean it's just a way of like it's to lure someone like me who's not looking any deeper so these characters are lacking of substance like caesar from uh war of the planet of the apes or wreck it ralph those are characters yeah they're cg but there's a lot of substance put into these characters. And I mm. felt that a lot of these uh, people, aside from H, was pretty cool, but everyone else, yeah, man, yeah, man, and, I don't feel some, for them. Some of the references even felt forced, like uh, the references to Back to the Future in the film, aside from the DeLorean, were unnecessary. Uh, even down to some of the sound effects that, yeah, I did. No, no, no. It, some of it re- felt forced. So, uh, yeah, again, it was just the execution of it didn't just. Also, didn't I think through. if you're going to have that many references, like, there is a re. Like, even though nerd culture has become, like, such uh, widespread and everything and has become so mainstreamed. One of the thing the, the the central problem that I think you have when you have a film like Ready Player One that you run into is as mainstreamed as all that stuff is. There's still if you're gonna do a movie like Ready Player One, you have to the emotional grounding has to be somewhere in the why. Why these? I mean, of course it's nostalgia, but you if in a, in a film. And to a certain extent, a, a book too, you can't just get away with just nostalgia. You, there has to be, you know, uh, Stranger Things is an example where it's just like there has to be some, there has to be a, some emotional reasoning that can connect with people who aren't just connecting with it on a nostalgia level because they know all the references it's just like, and like I said, that seems to be what was missing in this film is just like, you need, if you're going to have a character like Wade, it's like, great, he's passionate about all these things and he knows about all these things, but they're the grounding and even the Oasis as a concept in general of people not like kind of living in their real world anymore is just like, even that. That's really, I think, sort of, at least for the film, what seemed to be what the core of the film is, is the difference between living your life in a vir- completely in a virtual world and what does the world become when so much of the population lives most of their lives in a virtual world. Yeah, what was so ugly about the real world that people yeah. are trying to escape? That was not fleshed out. And 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 yeah. again, I don't know, having not read the book, is like, is that fleshed out at all in the book? Because not really. Yeah. And that's, like, again, that's one of the reasons I've been kind of wary to, to read the book is the the virtual, and you can get away with this much more in a book than you can in a movie, is there has to be something 
for the audience to grasp onto as to, yeah, if they're all in this virtual world, that means there's something. And you kind of see that, but there's no... The the audience needs to grab onto something. Yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> that that we can sympathize with, and there just isn't... I don't know. It's just... It wasn't emotionally compelling. That's no. basically the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the book was, I'll tell you that. Even without that... Even without a backstory, you don't. I think they make it. A, Ernest Klein made it a point as to not yeah. give you a, a, a definitive reason as to why the world is what it is, and everybody's just just well, fixated, I, just uh, just drunk on on AI and and the VR world and all that. Uh, but it still worked from because the characters are compelling. Yeah, compelling in the book. Um, so yeah, that's that's all I have to say. All in all, though, it's as a it, as a fun summer movie, it works. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. I I think so. It's central to my opinion of it is I wanted to enjoy it more. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> um, I think. Do we have anything more to add? No, and we can move on to a movie that did work, which was Deadpool two. I <laughs> I like. The first film. I love the first film. But I like the first film. I've I for the record, I was not crazy about the first film. Um I I was like you. Yeah, it was funny, but I thought it was I don't know, it just it didn't strike a chord for me like right. other funny um like Guardians, you know, yeah. where humor is an integral part and levity is an integral part to the film. Uh, it was great. It was a great R-rated uh, film. Um, yeah. I have to say that. So I came in with very low expectations. Okay. And I was fucking blown away. This is by far superior to the first film. Superior to any other X-Men film. I don't I love First Class. Yeah. I loved X2. Yeah. This was better. The best X-Men related film out there uh, that I've yeah, seen so far. Yeah, I mean far. even even given the fact that I th- I X2, you know, holds a special part in, you know, in my heart and the other one Yeah, yeah. First Class was was pretty good too. There's a lot of stuff that like work in this movie and it's funny like Deadpool the first one there's a lot of stuff that works in that too that work even better I think in the second one yeah and there's some people I know who kind of disagree who definitely do like the sec- the first one better but I think there's stuff that like works in this that what makes it so pleasurable is that it shouldn't work <laughs> but it does like case in point Cable Great, com- great character in the comics. Very compl- complicated backstory that they completely ignored, <laughs> like smartly. Yeah. By the way, uh, and just like they made it work, and I was like, "That's amazing." One of the things that I particularly appreciate both about the first Deadpool and this one is the comedy mo- moments are genuinely funny. The as far as like we were talking about like emotional things at work, the serious moments work. Yeah, and in a movie like this, the fact that the serious moments actually work is 
an accomplishment because it's also a thing that, especially in a second film, for all intents and purposes, the moment, the emotional, and there are people, of course, will disagree with or like just don't think they work at all. But I think the emotional moments like genuinely work in this, which is also a thing that sh- sh- probably shouldn't have happened. And, and that's what, but that's what makes to me uh, Deadpool two so much superior than Part one. But with Deadpool one, I remember seeing it the first time, and yeah, it was it was very different and it was hilarious a lot of the par- parts were hilarious were very funny and very different um being a a solid r-rated film as it is but then i remember seeing it a second time and i i noticed a lack of substance in the main character deadpool himself you know, yeah i wanted to see more dimension to his character and that was just in, it was it was two dimensional really it was just Guy kicking ass, uh, cracking jokes. Whereas yeah. in the second film, now you're seeing more substance. I also you're, think that, that the stuff in the first film sets up the emotional moments for mm-hmm. the second film. Like, you need the fact that in the first film he's trying to get back to Vanessa and he feels that he can't be with her. And then in this one, you know, for a while it seems that it's working. Yeah. And then, of course, the entire opening credit sequence is one long joke <laughs> yeah. about the fact that, like, oh, my God, did they just do that? Which, spoiler, like, she she dies yeah. in, like, the first ten minutes of this. <laughs> and it's a Bond intro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well it's a, you know what's funny about this is the thing that makes me uh, odd. It's a weird comparison, but uh, the other Marvel movie that I think I could compare this to was Spider-Man Homecoming. Because there's, it seems like there's ju- a lot of jokes, like in the first one. But in this one, there's, it seems like they put even more thought into how do we make these things work. Or, you know, here's a silly bit, but how do we make the silly bit work? And, of course, you have the, me- the you know, breaking the fourth wall thing. That is like Deadpool's... It's basically a central tenet of his character that he breaks the fourth wall all the time. Uh, But yeah, like all of that... Uh, Not to mention, I don't think the baby legs thing is ever going to be not funny to me. (laughs) uh, there, There are certain things that... There are certain things that just... And I couldn't explain to you why, because there are other people who was like, yeah, that was funny, but that was, a, you know, a couple of the other people I know who saw, I was like, that was funny, but I don't know. I was like, I don't know what it is, but there are just certain things that just touch my funny bone, like, bad choice of words, but, uh, but just like, there's just certain images, or just certain, like, jokes, where it's just like, I don't think I'm ever gonna think that's not funny. I don't know why. I couldn't, I couldn't articulate to you why yeah. that's so funny to me. But I lost my shit <laughs> during that entire scene. And when he gets up and he's walking, there's like, and he has a normal size penis, which made it even more funny. <laughs> like, it's so childish and so stupid. And I that that actually might be why it made me laugh so hard. It was just like they're really doing this, and they're committing hard to this stupid, stupid comedy bit. <laughs> I love the the funny parts were funny. I like the fact that the ensemble worked well. Yeah. The cast 
worked. Even the expendable characters worked. <laughs> I loved all of them. Shatterstar. Yeah, uh, Vanisher. I was a little. I was, <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I was a little. I was a little bummed because I love Lewis Tan that they they murked Shatterstar so quickly. But, but you expected that. But but it was so wor- it was worth it. The joke was worth it. You know. <laughs> um, um, Bedlam, uh, Terry Crews. Yeah. Like they build them up only just to have them just like get yeah. snuffed out within a minute after their introduction. And then there's that Peter. Ah, uh, Peter. Peter, <laughs> who's the only one he goes back and says. I mean, the, that also. What's his, the act? The comedian's name? I've got. Uh, it's oh god, it'll come to me. Okay. Hold on, it'll. Um, while we're, also some of the best po- like. Not post credits, but missed like midway credit scenes. It's like he goes back and, and he right saves. his wrongs. Man. Yeah, he goes back and he <laughs> that was kills the, the best original. Thing he ki- and then he seen. kills Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's reading the Green Lantern. I was like, oh yes. It was also something to be said that's just like for people who like the character, who like the first film, who like the jokes and get the jokes. It was just like. They did something for everyone. They were just like, we're going to give you this joke. We're even going to make a Rob Liefeld joke that if you don't know, yeah. you're not going to get the joke, which is the... Uh, the hands it was, uh, or the feet. Something about... I forget what the contest is. like. Uh, you're uh, like a guy who can't draw feet. And it's like just a joke that just goes by. Yeah. And that made me laugh really hard because I was just like, oh, man. The seven people that know... Deadpool was created by Rob Liefeld, and the fact that he's a terrible artist who can't draw feet—that's uh, like Rob Liefeld is in the first film too, as it needs the butt of a joke as well. He's okay. literally in the first one. He's in the bar scene, and he calls him Liefeld too. He taps him on the. Sh- he goes blah 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 like the big fat guy, and he goes Liefeld. Oh, okay. After and that literally is Rob Liefeld, who is a cock, by the way. He's such a he's such a goddamn asshole uh, yeah and from he's what a I've terrible heard, artist i'm as i've i mean i've been a huge fan of image comics in the 90s obviously i love all the pouches yeah uh, just hate me i love them um but yeah i've always read that liefeld was never a great person a great business person and he's a shitty artist i never understood the fascination with him considering all he does is just buy it and copy off of other properties, Marvel, yeah. X-Men. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. do anything really that original. I, do, I remember you know. Image Comics and how... I remember at the time, like these characters are blatant rip-offs of what, what, Marvel and, 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 you, and yeah. even DC. You know what's the, the funny thing? Is that Deadpool is a Deathstroke rip-off. Yeah. Um, all the stuff that everyone loves about Deadpool... Rob Liefeld had nothing to do with that. The Deadpool as he exists in the movies is primarily... Another writer. Is primarily the uh, result of Joe Kelly and Christopher Priest. Who, by the way, Christopher Priest is primarily responsible for the modern version of Black Panther that we all we all loved from the movie like Christopher Christopher Priest actually deserves a lot of credit a lot more credit than he he also d- did not make fr- burned a lot of bridges with Marvel a lot of it rightfully so he's talking about like representation and like you know uh, I would love to track down an, an inter- see an interview with him because there's so many 
yeah, basically the modern version of Deadpool is all the breaking the fourth wall stuff, a lot, just all the stuff that people love His about character that character. Now it, it's who, Christopher Priest. It's almost and to a lesser extent Joe Kelly, who was the guy who when the Deadpool ongoing series started. So it was Joe Kelly, and then when Christopher Priest took over, it was just like, yep. Uh, so Liefeld, not a great character, no. not a great person. Uh, but at least he came up with the name Deadpool, and he did a good job, you know, re- reimagining a DC Comics character that works, actually, in the yeah. big screen. But Deadpool was always a Marvel character, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, but in terms of the look, being a mercenary, that was a DC. It was originally de- a Deathstroke that he yeah. tried to repackage for a Marvel audience. Yeah, so his issue, the issue that a lot of uh, fans have with him is that not only is he a shitty artist, was it's also because he really doesn't bring anything that original to the table when it comes to his art form. It's just repackaging other people's um, ideas. Um, but, I mean, this movie... You know, he may have had his flaws, but writers like Priest did a good yeah. job in making his creation um, something that's compelling that people would want to read about. Because considering right now, it's Deadpool and Harley Quinn that dominates, you know, comics and pop yeah. culture nowadays. Um, it's because of what Priest has done with Deadpool. The humor, breaking the fourth wall, yeah. the edginess. Uh, and people like that. It's, screw his powers. You know, it's just, you know, the sh- the witty hijinks and banter that he comes up with. That's what people is captivated captivating. Uh, also, about. I will say, as far as like, it, it, I think a lot of what makes Deadpool 2 work is also you have essentially the star of the movie is deeply invested in making the movie work and making the character work. He, it's essentially, a lot of people have said this, it's, it's the character he was essentially born to play. Wait, wait, so explain this to me. His first exposure was through X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? Yes. That's but he had been a fan of the character. Before that? From before then. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. He had actually been rallying to... When it was first coming up that Deadpool might be brought into like the X-Men movie universe, he started rallying to play Wade Wilson. And he had, he had all made it very clear that he had he liked the character. I mean he's likes being you know, he liked being kind of an action star, but he like he loves even more being like a comedy thing. And then got really excited when he was an X-Men you know, Origins Wolverine, and then they completely shit on that character, but it's just like, I think in his head, he basically went, uh, okay, who knows whether they'll ever do this again. So even if it's this version, I want to be the one who's going to play the character. And then after that was so massively shit on, he, he actually was the one who started the campaign, which is like, okay, can we, you know... And he put in a bunch... Like, the first Deadpool movie, like, he's a producer on that. He was a producer on this one, too. He put money, his own money, into it. He started... He was the one who started to, like, shop around a possible script when the... It's still up for debate 
whether before the Deadpool movie actually came out, that what became the, the highway sequence was supposedly like leaked test footage from, and it's, there's some debate whether Marvel did that intentionally or the other theory was they did some test CG footage and Ryan Reynolds himself was the one who leaked it. Oh. Because he was just like, no, this mo- and that it was going to be rated R. That leaked test footage was what got everyone so excited and really what got momentum, for momentum to get the movie made. And there is some theory, we don't know how true this is, that either Marvel or Fox deliberately leaked it. Or if they didn't, then Ryan Reynolds himself went when they were like questioning whether a rated R Marvel movie would work, whether Deadpool would work, and is Ryan Reynolds when they did the test footage went, I'm gonna put this on the like he was the one who leaked it, and says I know this is going to work, and yeah he's been really heavily involved. I didn't know that. I yeah. just thought it he's was been this- after this for. Decades now. Oh damn! Yeah, like there's interviews with him. Of, like even before the first Deadpool came out, there was a lot. There was interviews with him that, when they were asking him about the character, and he's like, "Yeah, I've been wanting to play this character for years." Wow. Uh, and he's one of the writers on Deadpool too. He's one of the three writers on the second film. So yeah, he's really. Oh, I think that's partially great. why the, the movies have been so good. Is like when you have a star, it's a passion it project. Could, it could backfire but it's just like he's really deeply invested in making them funny and making them good (laughs) like so that you know that counts for works out well definitely um one character that i'm glad works out well is not only cable but domino yeah A, a character who i've i've read i've seen sparingly in like um Christopher Yost's uh, run of Dead, of X Force. Yeah, um, I'm not too familiar. I was like, "How do you do luck powers?" And she's bang. one of another one of those Marvel characters that has like a weird dubious power. Yeah, and bang, it works. They they have a creative creative idea of like showing. Oh, she just is lucky. Bad things will happen to other people, but yeah. she yeah. will somehow you know even out and you know stay out on top ahead well, of anyone well, the, else. The joke that they kind of they've implied kind of in the comic books, and they've also they really did it to the hilt in Deadpool two, is it's. Her power isn't, and they kind of did this on the Flash too, with the character who had like luck powers. Yeah, where it's like, it's almost not that she's lucky. Actually, the way her power works is that it makes everything around her go wrong. Yeah. So that she's the, like, she so things go badly for everything else. And she comes out on top because that's kind of weirdly how her power works. Hmm. So Domino was great. Uh, side note, gosh, Zazie Beats. Oh, oh God, gosh. yes. Gorgeous. I was a little worried so that they were going to murk her pretty soon, too, and they didn't, and that made me very She's happy. She's too much of a core character um, in the Deadpool universe. I, uh, you, you knew that Domino and... Um, Cable would somehow yeah. survive. Also, character who didn't expect to work was that the kid 
who I have no idea if he's from I've the never heard of this they, character. If they invented him from the movie. What's his name? Firestarter? Fire Fist? Fire was Fist. that what it was? Fire Fist? Something like that. I don't that. know. Yeah. And also the, the actor, the, the kid that they got to play him was kind of priceless. Yeah. You know? <laughs> who um, was in another Taika Waikiki film? Yeah, Hunt for uh, the Widow of People, people. which I have not seen. I, I want to see it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the one weak point for me, even though it was cool and it was funny, uh, was Juggernaut. I was just like, all right. All right. No, that was that was a cool reveal. It was cool, but I it was also the, the, the CG was a yeah. little like, eh, all right. Yeah, well, Fox doesn't have... They're you not need Dis- to give they're not Disney Colossus Marvel. a reason to... F- someone yeah. Right. Also, Colossus was... A, was I liked him better in this... Uh, bless. Bless you, dog. Bless you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, there's also a, a movie that has so many little bits. The uh, the joke from the first film was like, it's almost like you can't afford more X Men. And in this one, they were just like, <laughs> just briefly, it's like, here's all the other X Men. Beast just going. That was awesome. That was so cool. <laughs> Which I just did a visual thing on an audio podcast. Just Beast just closing the door, just like. <laughs> looking awkward, yeah. which for all intents and purposes, whether they actually had all of them just for that scene, or whether that was just a, a, a scene that they pulled from Dark Phoenix, that they just like digitally put in some of the yeah. characters. It's, it's entirely possible because yeah. I don't think anybody actually remembers most of that movie anyway. Yeah. Um. Oh, you're talking about Dark Phoenix, which hasn't released, which hasn't yet. been released yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. thinking the last. They could have just had. Uh, you know, Nicholas Halt on set just to close the door you know and just have the rest of them just that be would, a digital. Yeah, that would work. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Cable was great. I mean, jo- Josh Brolin is Josh just killing Brolin. He, he just yeah, killing killed it, it this summer. Um, the, uh, the, just the look of Cable works out pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I was a little worried about that uh, going in and I was just like, oh yeah, they made him, they made him, like they made that look not like there there's so many ways that that just the cg or practical that that could have gone wrong mm-hmm. that could have looked wrong and it didn't and i was like so happy about it i was like okay cool. it was kind of another one of those relief things where yeah. it's like okay this works uh even like the weird just weird side things like the Megasonic Teenage Warheads uh, relationship, Yuki. <laughs> Just the little, those two. The little hey, hand Yuki. motion. Yeah. The little hand motion. The little butterfly hand motion he does. Like, hi, Yuki. And then he does the little butterfly <laughs> hand motion. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Like, great. I, I. Yeah, Deadpool 2 was great. And then at the end, all the way at the end of the credits, it wasn't exactly an end credit scene, but. The little jingle, the at song, the, end. the song. Holy shit, it's Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that actually played in. I forget which part. It's it's when they get to the 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 kids like whatever place when the they're fighting Juggernaut. That's what's playing when they're playing Juggernaut. You just didn't notice in, it as much. Because the sound effects kind of blurred out a little okay. bit, but that that's actually playing while. That's why I started laughing during that scene, because in the background you're just seeing. 
holy shit holy <laughs> shit yeah yeah it's it's uh like the reason why I, like i said that compare it to spider-man homecoming is there's a lot of stuff that's like as far as like jokes and things that's just like oh there was a lot of thought that seemed to have gone into yeah. some really stupid jokes, but you actually bothered to like commit to a lot of them. And and the whole him, you know, the little trippy, which could have been really cheesy, like him interacting with Vanessa in like the whatever hallucinatory yeah, spirit side. world. That could have not worked, and it worked. Like I don't like. Bottom line, it was really funny. It uh, genuinely like a really good movie, and there's a lot of stuff that, as far as a sequel goes, could have gone wrong that they did right. Yeah, definitely. That is like kudos in its own right. <coughs> and then very briefly, because I feel bad that we've been we've gone kind of late, uh, we can talk about Solo. Solo. Unless we have anything else to say about Deadpool two. Deadpool two, dope. Yeah. Solo, you'll enjoy yourself. You'll enjoy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a, you could just wait intro. for it to get on HBO. You'll yeah, be fine. I mean, there's so it's so many things in that where it's just like it's not an event Star Wars no. film. It's no. not. It's it's and not. It's not. That's a problem. That's its <clears throat> big thing. It's a solid movie. It's just not an event. You and saw a trailer for Rogue One. Damn, it's like Star Wars reimagined, yeah. dark, gritty, a really actual war. Yeah. Um, but and this is, this is like, supposed to be like a heist is, film now, and now I. And it's not of, even a good heist. It's not and, even and a good heist I film. Now I get, and now I kind of get why, maybe why Disney decided to release this for Memorial Day weekend and not save it for December twenty eighteen, like the rest of the other. Star Wars film because it's not really a tentpole film. Yeah, it's it's a fun when I guess when they reviewed it and it, it granted that we know that this movie was riddled with production issues. All yeah, and along. reshoots and all changing kinds of directors. Of oh, I didn't know change that. Change directors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on paper it's a Ron Howard film, but there were so many hands involved. They were they they had to scrap. Uh, scripts. They had to scrap writings or change up writers. It was a whole mess. I kind of so, want to see some of those other scripts, though, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, and as we know, Donald Glover steals it. Like yeah. Donald Glover and the the and his droid. the woman, yeah, who does the voice of the droid, totally steal the movie. Uh, God bless her. I love her on uh, Game of Thrones and. With the except, uh, uh, I've said this before. Other people have said this before, but uh, with the exception of Peter Dinklage, there really isn't anyone. There a lot of that cast and and Hetty Hetty, the woman who plays Cersei, Lena Headley, Lena Headley. With the exception of maybe those two people, there's so many people cast of Game of Thrones. They keep trying to throw into movies and make them movie stars, and they're just not. Amelia Clark has not been in anything good. Besides Game of Thrones, really, and she's just not that great of an actress. <laughs> like, Kit Harrington is good when he's playing funny. He's a pretty face. Yeah, a lot of these actors and actresses are pretty faces. And I, I liked how they had Vision as the, you know, yeah. Vision as a Paul Bettany. Yeah. To be, f- I have to say, to be perfectly honest, uh, 
I really like Paul Bettany. He's a good like, actor. Just yeah, it he's just, a very good actor. Just even kind of terrible movies, I'm just like I just enjoy watching him. Um, yeah, fun. Uh, Chewbacca is fun. Yeah, it's Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. Yeah, um, there's some funny bits in it, you know, about them meeting. Woody Harrelson is great. Dandy Newton is wasted. Yeah, literally, literally <laughs> yeah. wasted. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, just as a spoiler, we will say quietly, uh, I won't even say like who it is if you haven't seen it yet. It's not, as someone who did not know about any twists, it, it's not a big deal. It's it really not a, is not a big deal. It's not a big, a big deal. deal. It's not a huge twist. It's a character from the other films who is exciting and I think they threw in, they thought it'd be a twist for the people who weren't following it we're just talking really low because yeah, jamie's roommate does not want to be spoiled yeah uh i won't say who it is although if we say who the background <laughs> of who it is yet uh it will spoil who it is for anyone listening to this it's, it's not a big deal it's not a big deal it's a character from the prequels who if you are a fan of Clone Wars, and I want to also say Star Wars Rebels, although I'm not not a hundred percent on that. Then you'll be you might be excited about it. You'll be like, oh, cool! It's cool to see that character, and it was kind of cool to see that character, but it wasn't really like yeah. It like, no, it'd be cool if it sets up a reemergence in the if it future. It sets up anything, but it doesn't. Yeah, no, and that's the that's the biggest criticism of this film. Of this film is like it'd be cool if it sets up anything. It plays it. It plays it a little too safe. It doesn't take some of the the risks that uh, Star Wars fans are are looking to see, particularly in a prequel character film. Yeah, it's just not there. It doesn't fully. It kind of wastes the opportunity to really explore. Han's character, yeah, it shows his beginnings. It shows, well, not not even his beginnings. It shows a particular point in time when he was young. Yeah, but it well, his origin story of becoming an outlaw. Yeah, yeah, and um, also this one comes down to I was talking about Amelia Clark, but what it comes down to is the guy who plays Solo isn't that great. He's no. not that good. He's not he bad. Has, he and has Harrison moments. Ford does a good job being an asshole. A yeah. good, an asshole you love. Yeah. He's a goody two-shoe who wants to be an asshole. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't convey anything. Whereas uh, Donald Glover owns yeah. uh, the role. It's childish, childish Gambino. Yeah, he completely yeah. owns it. Which is funny because like, there are certain people, I mean, this is why Donald Glover works so well in that role is just like, because for all intents and purposes, like, Alice Gambino and in and you know other projects that he's been on and worked on. I was just like, yeah, he is Lando in a lot of ways. Like just like if if Childish Gambino was in space, <laughs> he'd be Lando Calrissian. You know, capes and all. Like, dude, legitimately, if there was a moment, like it would have been cheesy. Actually, it would have been a moment that would have been a surprise. It's just like if for some reason when they go to the club, when they're in the yacht, and you have the singer, 
if for no reason at all, Lando just st- comes up and starts spitting bars. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, man, it's Chalice Gambino. That's who Lando Calrissian is. It's Chalice Gambino in fucking space. That's what. That's who that character is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's. Eh. Eh. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's. I, it's it was a good f- movie, but it doesn't leave a lasting impression no. yeah, on me, and I guess a lot of us as well. Do you know well. what it is like? And I've I said this like when we after we saw it, it's just like Rogue One. One of the reasons why Rogue One works is because all of the characters are characters we have we've never seen before, and three quarters of the cast of Solo are characters who we already know. And to be fair, Rogue One cast better. Actors, yeah. Yeah. better actors <laughs> than this than solo cast. Yeah. Um. In fact, the only one besides Donald Glover who was compelling and comes back to least it's Paul. I mean, Woody Harrelson is just great. And I mean, he wasn't that great in this, but he's you know he's been cons- in recent years he's been consistently great in basically everything he's been. Is Paul Bettany? Paul Bettany was great. <laughs> the villain like completely believable as like this like gangster like and like threatening as this gangster and also like that mix of like charming at one point and just completely like scary at another point it's like yeah he's completely believable and now uh the list is that they're looking to make a similar prequel uh for boba fett character it's going to be a standalone I think time wise that as far as time Star Wars timeline that's a mistake I think they should actually do a they're going to do because in the comic books even though they're not they keep saying they're not using extended universe stuff in the comic books he gets out of the Sarlacc pit and he's still around like way after Jedi like he doesn't actually die in Jedi. Like he gets out of the Sarlacc pet pit and like, you know. And some of those Boba Fett side stories in extended universe are really good. If if anything, I would being a Star Trek fan, I don't give a damn about Star Wars. One thing I would love to see is Vader being Vader. Yeah. Vader decimating. You got a little you know. bit of that in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. but you just a, a, a little bit. Yeah, just a small bit, but I want a movie dedicated to the Sith kicking ass. Just, I, just see that. I, I would love to see just Vader just not being restrained. We saw a little bit of that in Rogue One, which is what made me have, cream my have pants. Have you read the, the Marvel Darth Vader series? No, I have not. It's really good. <laughs> I, I mean, wait, Marvel Darth Vader? I thought. Oh wait. There's a couple of them. I th- I think I have a not. Wait, I thought Dark Horse has rights on comics uh, on the Star Wars they comics. They did, but now Marvel has the Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's um, one that's I think it's Kieran Gillen, who did the Darth. I might be wrong on this. Who did a, uh, a Darth Vader that you can get on in trade that is just great. Because what I like about a concept of Vader kicking ass is because Vader is being challenged by the Jedi. Just yeah. seeing, Va- you know, Sith Jedi going after each other. 
I would love to see that. And there, know there, the outcome because the Jedi gets decimated and destroyed. But just to see that, there is, I'd be I have to find them. That. I have a little bit of the Vader series. And one of the things the is they essentially... There is this... Basically, there's a Jedi who's living essentially like the way they have Luke in The Last Jedi. He's been isolated on this little planet. And he's just not been involved with like the Jedi at all not because he's chosen exile or anything is that the jedi delib- i forget what he's the character's name is but they've literally he's like jedi black ops mm. and he's been on this planet for like decades because they were like we what you can do and what you know we have you do you know in emergencies we can't have you be involved in the council or anything. It's like one of those things, like they've gotten, they, it adds a little bit of gray area to the actual Jedi cancel, like the light side of the force. And it's not like this guy is evil. He's more like a monk. Mm-hmm. And they just like, it's just like, okay, you, we're going to have you be in this planet. And part of the Darth Vader, like miniseries is essentially Palpatine. is just like, you need to go take care of this guy. Because if he realizes what... And he's been isolated, so he doesn't really know what's been happening in the galaxy. He's like, you need to go eliminate with him. Because if he finds out... And it's also a part of... It's really early after he becomes Vader. So it's also like a test. It's like, you need to go take care of this guy because he's actually a threat Hmm. to us. And it's pretty dope. It's a fight sequence that's pretty dope. I mean, that's... The only prequel I care is just like surrounding Vader, just seeing him unleashed. Um, what else? I mean, because I'm not aware of Star Wars Extended Universe. Where else do you think Disney can go with the prequel? Or should or should they even do prequels at this point? You've there, got the property. There's some, there's, just yeah. move forward. There's some. I think there's some side stories. I don't think they're going to, because they've said this, they're not going to adapt any Extended Universe stuff, but they're definitely... There's people involved with it who have read the ex- a lot of the extended universe, and some of the if not literal characters or anything like that, some of that is starting to bleed into the films a little bit. With the whole Tarascazi reference yeah. that we saw yeah. in um, in Solo, yeah, um, and I think the the general They're, in Rogue One. It's from Rebels, but Rebels is consi- is an extended universe. Oh, okay. Uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, the CG series, are are considered canon. Okay. Uh, and a lot of the uh, the Marvel comics, the Marvel Star Wars comics that are coming out now, are considered canon. Okay. Uh, because they're Marvel, and you know why they're coming out from Marvel is because Marvel's owned by Disney, yeah. and so is Star Wars. So that's how that's working. Yeah. yeah. A lot of actually the Marvel Star Wars stuff is pretty has been pretty, pretty damn good. It it's crapshoot on based on the characters, like they they did. A, I have a a a Mace Window ser- a series that's just like okay. It's good, but it's eh. All right, and that's Solo. Yeah. Meh. Eh. Which is being reflected in a box office. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it on Movie Pass if you have it. Yeah. Arc Android orchestrated. 
Yeah, Gemini's still jamming. Box office numbers and they doing outstanding. Running out of space on the damn bandwagon. Remember when they used to say I look too mannish? Black girl magic, y'all can't stand it. Y'all can't ban it. Made out like a bandit. They've been trying hard just to make us all vanish. I suggest they put a flag on a whole nother planet. Jane Bond, never Jane Doe, and I Jane Go, never Sambo. Black and white, yeah, that's always been my camo. It's looking like y'all gon' need some more ammo. I cut 'em off, I cut 'em off, I cut 'em off like Van Gogh. Now, damn right for the angle. I got away with murder, no scandal. <laughs> Cue the violins and violas. We gave you life, we gave you birth, we gave you God, we gave you Earth. We film the future, don't make it worse. You want the world? Well, what's it worth? Emoticons, Decepticons, and Autobots who twist the plot, who shot the sheriff, then fled to Paris in the darkest hour. Spoke truth to power, made a fan joint out of your girlfriend. Let's get caught downtown in the whirlwind and paint the city pink, paint the city pink, and tuck the pearls in just in case the world in.、Huh. And nigga down dog, nigga move back, take a seat. You are not involved. And hit the mute button. Let the vagina have a monologue. Mansplaining, I fold 'em like origami. What's the way, baby? This a tsunami for the culture. I kamikaze. I put my life on the life line. If she the goat, now would anybody doubt it? If she the goat, now would anybody doubt it? Huh? Do anybody got it? Do anybody got it? I say anybody got it.